How many of you have ever went uh, with someone before who was a fast walker? Like, the mall is the best place. When Cynthia and I started dating, uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't been to the mall with her yet. And when I go to the mall, I move. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking to browse. I want to go somewhere. And Cynthia would say, oh, what you in a hurry for? And I, I told her, I said, I'm not in a hurry. This is just how I walk. And she said, you're going to have to slow down a little bit because I don't walk like that. And so it, it literally looked like this. And it looked like I was trying to take her somewhere all the time. And so I had to learn how to slow down my roll a little bit. But I want to use that, that, that illustration this morning to talk a little bit in this second part of divine direction. Part two, I want to talk about wisdom today. And I, I want to talk about your walk because you're heading somewhere. And, and, and maybe you're heading there slow. Maybe you're running. And who knows, maybe you're headed in the right direction at a good pace. Keep going. But if you're headed in the wrong direction, you probably need to slow down, turn around, and head in the right direction. But this morning, I want to talk about wisdom to discern. Talk about just using some wisdom. And I want to start with a question. Would you move to a new city if you knew you can make an extra $10,000 a year or 15 a year 25 a year some of you like where we're we going <laughs> for 100 grand a year some of you like sign me up today and it's curious I'm curious to ask that question because sometimes we don't really understand what we're saying by our answers to that, I just throw this at you. What if sometimes money is a bigger director of our lives than anything else? Feel free to get some chips and queso, by the way. <laughs> but what if? We don't always think of that because we would like to think we're good people and we wouldn't fall into that trap. But I would, I would assume that probably most of us when it comes to the direction of our lives, are probably, probably, we're pretty heavily influenced by money or by things, certain amenities, if you will. And, and, and not that those are bad things, by the way. Listen, I want you to know at Emerge Church, we don't hate money. If you make a lot of money, keep going, amen? Am I right? Like, keep going. Like, do that. Like, we're not against people making money. If you don't make money, we're praying that you will. Seriously, I mean, there's not a problem with being wealthy. There's not a problem with having money, as long as we use our money in the right way with the right purposes, all right? We don't want to be corrupt or anything like that, but I want to make sure that we have the right understanding that, hey, we're not just hoping everybody could be broke and just barely make it to heaven. I mean, let's be blessed and bless some other people, too, along the way, all right? So if you it, it, just throw that out there, okay? But I want to ask you this, though. If, if there was an opportunity to possibly make a lot more money somewhere else, but you felt like in your heart you needed to stay, would you stay? If you felt like it was best for your family, would you stay? And I'm not saying it would be a hard decision because it probably would because in your mind you're thinking about quality of life. You're thinking about a lot of different things and it brings up this whole debate about I could put us in a better position. But what if God was saying stay even though the opportunities were great? Could you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. So last week we kicked off the series and we, we, we kicked it off by saying that the decisions that we make today are going to determine our future. It's going to determine the stories that we're going to tell tomorrow. 
And we get the privilege of making our decisions, but watch this, our decisions are what make us. We make the decision. God says, hey, you decide, but we have to understand that whatever I decide is making my life. It's shaping my life. And we, we made two points last week that I just want to remind you of uh, what God cares about. God cares about the who we are becoming before the what we are doing. Okay, so it's who before do, and then it's why before what. Who before do and why before what? Before you move forward, you have to figure out who you are and who God wants you to be. Amen? And last week we talked about being holy. We talked about being a person that is godly, being the kind of person that God wants you to be. Because we can get all the stuff, we can do amazing things, but what if we become terrible people as we're achieving that and doing that? That would not be good. Like, we can achieve all kind of accolades, but what if in our own homes, that same person that's winning all the trophies and awards, it's not respected and there's not good relationships? What if, like, we miss some of the most important things because we're chasing stuff and we're chasing things. And so we've got to figure out the who before the do, and we've got to figure out the why before the what. In other words, what is my motivation? Why do I want the things that I want? And why do I want to do the things that I do? Is it to please people? Because we can spend a lot of our lives pleasing other people and later on realize I haven't done what I was supposed to do. And that is a frustrating moment. Very frustrating. So it's who before do and why before what. So today we're going to talk about the wisdom to discern. The wisdom to discern, and we're going to talk about God's direction, how to, how to figure out God's direction for your life. Now, most of the big life decisions, there is a struggle to decide. And the reason that there is a struggle to decide is because there are so many options. Am I right? There's just so many things that you could do. I think of the students who are graduating from high school right now that are trying to figure out their next step moving into college. And they begin to browse online with everything that the universities offer. And they have an idea of what they want to do. But it's this class. It's this program. It's this thing. And you're just kind of like, I don't know where to start or what to do. But I know, watch this, I know I need to do something that's going to make some I wonder in this room how many people went to school because they thought it was going to make them a lot of money and they look at it and they say what am I doing seriously because sometimes the motivation these things they begin to direct us and they're directing us really out of fear because we're afraid that we're going to be broke watch this we're afraid that we're not going to get it right we, we, we have this illusion in our mind and it's different than a vision, by the way. It's an illusion of perfection. The perfect job, the perfect family, the perfect house. Who gets to live in their perfect house? The perfect car. Like if you're a student right now, 15, 16 years old, you're thinking about that. Like these are the real stuff in our lives and because we have this illusion about perfection. We want to have the perfect family. We want to have the perfect body. Perfect vacation, the perfect relationship, the perfect this, the perfect that. In fact, watch this. We have gone as far as to say things like this. I want God's perfect will for my life. You ever heard that before? I don't want to just live in God's permissive will. I want to get, live in God's 
perfect will. I remember hearing this growing up and trying to determine, oh God, what if this decision is just God's permissive will and it's got not God's perfect will? I'm not going to be as blessed if I don't get the perfect will. I only got God's permissive will. He's going to tolerate me doing this. Oh my goodness, this is going to be terrible because I will only have God's second best instead of his best. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? It, it just creates these fears and this turmoil within and you're just trying to make sure that we get everything right and i think that's because we're afraid of the imperfections we're afraid that it won't be good enough and you remember last week when we talked about not making the decision and it's almost like we're delaying it and really what we're saying is i'm not making a decision because i don't know what to do maybe i'm fearful maybe i'm looking for the perfect i'm delaying it really saying i'm making no decision at all which is a decision that is being made and i think it's fueled by some of these things right here so what it does i believe is it, it causes us to create some theories but they sound spiritual so we buy into them okay and let me let me share what some of these theories are that we create god will clearly show us exactly what to do every time. That's one of the theories that we create. And I don't have that experience. Maybe I'm just that far away from the Lord. I don't know. Y'all pray for me. But God doesn't always just show it perfectly clear. And so if you're in here today and you're like, God hasn't shown me anything clearly yet, don't feel like you've fallen off the wagon. Am I right? Like, trust me, you're still riding. Here's another one. Another theory is, well, we're going to have a perfect peace about it. That's one of them traditional ones, that we're going to have a perfect peace. Hold on, let's throw the scripture verse in it. We will have a peace beyond all understanding. Maybe true for some things. Maybe that's what we try to project to everybody. But on the inside, if you're scared, say you're scared. Because there have been some things that got some decisions that God brought me to. And, and it's like, I knew what I needed to do. And I didn't really have a peace about knowing what I needed to do because I really wanted to do something else. But I knew what I needed to do. And it wasn't peaceful. It was like, OMG. Anybody relate? I don't know what to do, but I really do know what to do. I just don't know how to not do it and feel okay about it. Come on, let's get for real today. Chips and queso on Cinco de Mayo. Here's another one. Our path is going to be smooth because the Lord has led us in that direction. We will have no problems and no resistance, no struggles, and God will make a way for us. God may make a way for you, but he may have you on the front clearing the path. He just may give you the tools to clear it. You see what I'm saying? But these are the theories that, we, that we, we come up with, believing that as long as I just follow God, everything is going to be perfect. And because we have the idea that I'll just go and do it, go and be it. And God's like, I'm not just going to let you go and do it and go and be it because you're not going to last, but I'll grow you into it. Grow you into it. Because you may not be able to handle it now, but if you grow into it, you'll be able to handle it when you get there. Look at your neighbor and say, handle it. Handle it. Handle it. Here's an example in the Bible, because sometimes I think y'all hear me say this stuff, and you're like, oh, that's just your stuff. Watch this. If anybody should have the rite of passage in anything easy, it should be the Apostle Paul. Two-thirds of the New Testament is written by this guy, 
wrote some of it in prison. Like this guy was suffering for the gospel. And so, I mean, God should have made it easy for the guy, but he didn't. The Apostle Paul, okay, starting churches, writing the big, I mean, writing the biggest portion of the New Testament. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 6 through 9. I want you to listen to the words he uses. It's going to make you feel better about your life. Okay, here we go. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey. Watch this. Wherever I go. Think of that when you're like 19 years old and you're trying to tell your parents what you're doing with your future. Perhaps I'll do this or perhaps I'll do that. I don't know. Maybe I'll stay here for a while. Wherever I go, I'll figure it out. That's going to be a conversation at the dinner table one night. Am I right? Some of you, you're already having that conversation with your kids. Some of you, you're having that conversation with your parents. Like, come on, parents, let's go somewhere. Keep reading. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you. Listen to the language. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. That is so loaded. That whole scripture right there is just loaded with uncertainty. And you would think that Paul would have it all together, that he would be able to say, here's the plan, this is what I'm doing, laid out plain and simple, who's coming? But he's like, I don't know, perhaps I'll do this, perhaps I'll do that, if the Lord permits. And in our culture, that's just unacceptable. Because you need to know, you need to have a plan. You need to have bullet points. You need to have core values. You need to have a vision statement. You need to have it printed on the wall of your home. You need to look at it every day and recite it when you put your lipstick on in the mirror. Not if you're a dude. And you got to like, <laughs> am I right? Like all this stuff. And then Paul's like, perhaps we'll do this. Perhaps we'll do that. I don't know. We'll see. If God permits, we'll do that. And I'm not telling you to live a loosey-goosey lifestyle. But what I'm saying is, you're not going to have it all figured out. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand for that? If you're going to write something down in your notes today, just write that. I'm not going to have it all figured out. I figured, I, I figured we'd go ahead and get that out the way up front. You're just not going to have it all figured out. Watch this. Then when you have children, you're not going to have it all figured out for them. You're not. And they're going to have to figure it out too. And you're going to have to have conversations and or arguments. Because they're trying to figure it out too and they don't figure it out the way you do. Amen. Here's another example. In the Old Testament, King Solomon become the king. He's David's son, okay? He becomes the king, and he's celebrating becoming the king, and he offers these, these burnt offerings to the Lord. He's worshiping God, thanking God that he becomes king, and so he offers 1,000 burnt offerings. I mean, that's pretty impressive, okay? And so God responds to him and says, Whatever you ask for, I will give it to you. This is a bold question. I mean, this is a great opportunity. It's like walking up upon a wishing well and said, here are your three wishes. And so Solomon is stepping into his kingship. He's celebrating. I'm the king. Thank you, God, that you chose me and not my brother and all this stuff. And he's all excited about it. And so God's like, okay, you're the king. What you want, son? I want you to know when God asks you a question, you better think about it before you answer. And it's incredible that he didn't ask for wealth or riches. He didn't ask for honor. He didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for death to his enemies. He asked for wisdom to rule. He asked for wisdom to rule. See, we want God to tell us what to do, 
But most of the time, he will just give us the wisdom to decide. Come on, we, you, you need to hear this today. He will give us the wisdom to decide. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. There's a lot of these verses in Proverbs, by the way. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Now, when it says develop good judgment, it's not talking about your ability to judge other people. Okay? But it is talking about your ability to make good decisions. Wisdom, Hebrew word, chokmah. Remember that from Bible school. Nine different types of wisdom in the Bible. Wisdom is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The number nine represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Wisdom, it's such a full word. Understanding falls with the word wisdom. Common sense falls with the word wisdom. Knowledge, not just book knowledge, but knowledge of things that are going on in and around our world. Knowledge of people. Knowledge, not just, oh, I know people. You know what I'm saying? From a stereotype, but I know them for who they are. This, this is this picture of wisdom that we've got to be able to see. Some discernment. I have some discernment. I'm not just doing what everybody else does, but I have the ability to discern the difference between what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. And not just for my morality, but also for my direction. Amen? Because there is a direction that God is moving you in, and the direction that he is moving you in is definitely moving you closer to him, but it's also moving you closer to the plans that he has for you. And listen, you cannot get tired of hearing the fact that God has a plan for your life. And it's really at times contradicting because we're writing our plans. And the Bible says you can write your plans, but the Lord's going to determine the steps of your life. Because God ultimately is calling the shots. Have you ever said this, or maybe you heard this before? If I knew then what I know now. Some of you are like, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up decisions that we made then that that brought us to an experience where we had to learn some things and listen i want you to know you got some really valuable education and you paid for it and it was not at the university you know what i'm saying like you paid some prices to learn what you know now the price of experience what happened through those experiences is you gained some wisdom you gained wisdom through what you went through now watch this because I, I do feel the need to call this out. Some people have adopted the idea that you got to experience it to get wisdom from it. And I want you to know that I don't want to experience some of the crazy uh, things in life if I saw someone else already experience it and they had turmoil in it. You know what I'm saying? I, can, I got a few little context clues working for me that says don't do what they did because I don't want to happen to me what happened to them. Am I right? And people throw that out there all the time. Well, unless you experience it, you don't learn from it. That is unwise. That is so unwise because you don't have to experience don't touch fire to learn that fire is going to burn you. You can learn to, hey, I've seen other people get burnt from fire. I'm going to stay away. That's wisdom. But we have created this stuff almost to cushion ourselves because of our mistakes. But I want you to know God can redeem the mistakes that you've made. You can gain wisdom from it and you can move on. Tell your neighbor, you got to move on. You got to move on. You can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from other people's mistakes. I hear people say this. I don't know how to be a good father because I didn't have a good father. That's true to an extent, but you know what you didn't have and that you need it. So give your kids what you didn't have because you know what they need. Amen. Amen? Like, uh, 
I, I don't want to take away from what you didn't have, but I know you know what you need. And so give your kids what you know that you need. Amen? And that applies in a lot. My family, my parents didn't have a good marriage. You looked at it and you said, I wish they would love each other more. I wish they would spend time together more. I wish they would hold hands when they walked through the mall. Do what you wish they would have done. I mean, just like, I don't know, because there's so much a pain that's associated with it that when we say stuff like that, immediately it's like, you don't understand. Listen, what you don't understand is you can move on. You can, and you can redeem it because God's got good plans for your life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's jump in. Some directional wisdom questions. Some questions that I think directional wisdom is going to ask you that is going to apply to the direction that you're headed with your life. Here's the first one, okay? And I think it's pretty important. Who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? Here's the verse. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Listen, there is some strong language in the book of Proverbs. So don't be weak at the creek when you read it. I mean, just because it's laying it out. But we need it. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, this is crazy. But when I hear this verse, there is an image that comes to my mind. Go ahead and pop that image up there. Some of y'all wish that show would come back. I know. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> he took it off pretty quick. I guess that's my son. He's probably thinking dad joke. We got our buds. Am I right? Got my people, my village, my community. My boys, my girls, beach trip. I mean, <laughs> been running with them since my sophomore year at Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the stuff. Who are the people that influence your decisions the most? That's what we're asking. Who are the people that are influencing your decisions the most? I've met so many people who... Uh, they're trying to serve God. They're trying to get in the church. Trying to stop drinking. Trying to save their marriage. And their closest friends don't go to church. They drink at every occasion. Their marriage is falling apart. And somehow we just believe that everything is going to be fine. And, and listen, the loyalty to our friendships, I get it. I have friends too, but I also have to know that my friends cannot influence the direction of my life. And I can't just wait to make sure they get it all together to figure out if I'm going to move forward. Chips and queso in the back. That's, it's, it, and it's strong because that's a struggle to us because here's why. This is why I think that's a struggle for us. Because we've seen so many people who were not good friends and we are dedicated to not being the person who wasn't a good friend. And so we want to make sure that we're such a good friend to them that we hold ourselves back. I will stay with you in your struggle, and I may even struggle with you, and we don't even realize what we're saying. But sometimes our lives are falling apart for the sake of somebody else. The Bible says, snatch others from the fire, but while you're snatching them from the fire, make sure that you don't fall in. 
You know, like when you ride an airplane, and they drop the little oxygen mask down, and they tell you to put yours on first. I know it's a big husband and wife argument. You would not put mine on first. You would save yourself before you save me. But baby, if I die, I can't save you. You don't love me. You know, that whole argument. But this is such a conflicting conversation because it does feel like if I don't stay with my boys, then I'm not loyal to them. And can I just throw this out about friendships? You have to know where your friends fit into your life. And this is especially true for young people. Okay? Because there are some people that you can go see the Avengers in in-game movie with. And that's great. But you cannot start laying out your life and ask them to give you advice on it. Because they may be going nowhere with theirs. And I, I, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I'd just rather stay at the house and do nothing. That's not good wisdom. But this is sometimes the circle of friends that we have. And so we've got to be able to evaluate this and not say, hey, you're out of my life. You don't mean anything to me. No, it's like, hey, we're going to hang out and go eat. But that's what we're going to do. <laughs> but when it comes to the big life decisions about where I'm heading, I've got to have some people in my life, watch this, who are wise. So people in my life that are going to help me make some good, godly decisions. And I believe it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. In fact, there's a lot of our stories of the craziness in our life, and it's, the stories start like this. Well, <laughs> I had these friends that one time, and we, that's how the story starts. <laughs> I had these friends, and one night we went out, and we were doing this. And I had these friends one time, we went on this property we wasn't supposed to be. That night we wound up in jail. And it's somehow those stories start. Never intended to do that, but I, <laughs> I had these friends. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. So, if we want to grow in wisdom, make some wise decisions, walk in some wise direction, we have to walk with the wise. Now, let me say this. This, isn't, this is not a one-time consultation meeting. Oh, i got to go set up a meeting with somebody. And we sit down with them one time and think we're going to get a lifetime amount of wisdom from them in 25 minutes at Starbucks. It's not going to happen. This is a walk. This is a practice. It's consistently being around people who have wisdom, people that can influence your life in a positive direction, which is, by the way, just to be straight up honest with you, why we promote e-groups and why we promote church attendance, because it puts you around people that are headed in a godly direction. And I think that we've got to position ourselves, come on, around some people that are heading in God's directions. We've got to get our kids around some people that are heading in, in God's directions. We can't just wait to someday when they graduate from college and expect them to know where to go if they've been running with people who are headed away from God. Am I right? Come on. And so it's about where you put Who are you walking with? Who are you running with. I told you this story before about when I was going into ministry that God had spoke to me to ask this guy to be my mentor. And, and for a whole year, I didn't ask him. I was afraid that he wouldn't be interested, that he was too busy. And I finally asked him and, and I, I mentioned him last week. His name was Randy Hart and he became um, the biggest influence in my life. He was a mentor that was helping me watch this to develop some faith. I didn't have the faith that I needed, but by being around him, I started believing in ways I never believed before. I didn't realize that it was in me. I just needed someone to bring it out. And there went the light. That's a key point you need to remember right there. The Lord's speaking through the lights. You said, I need a sign. There was a sign. When we started the church here, uh, I wasn't as good as I needed to be business-minded, honestly. 
And I, I met this man that was a great businessman in town and just praying. The Lord said, you need to ask him to mentor you. I was like, I'm not going to ask him. This guy's a big shot. He's like too busy for me. Once again, I'm having the same conversation. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, you mind spending some time with me and just help me de- develop a business mind? He said, what you doing every Wednesday morning from eight to nine? I guess I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> and for a whole year, for a whole entire year, and he would just come and tell me all kinds of stuff. It was awesome. It helped me grow. I wouldn't have chosen that on my own, though. Like, it would have been much easier to go hang with my friends and just talk about sports and talk about, like, athletic stuff that I like a lot and talk about guy stuff. But I needed somebody that was going to give me some stuff that was going to help me to move forward in my life. Amen? So we got to have some people that's going to speak into our life. And I believe this, the most important person to walk with is the Holy Spirit. Because your walk with God is the greatest source of wisdom that you will ever receive. Your walk with God, spending that time with the Lord every day is so imperative. Not just so that, oh God, I don't want to feel this way. But so that your wisdom can grow to make good decisions. So you don't wind up in some some situations where you feel the way that you do. Amen? It's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Who? Are you walking with? Here's the second thing. What are you asking for? What are you asking for? James chapter 1 verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. I mean, that is just very obvious. If you don't have it, ask for it. God, I don't have the wisdom to make this decision. Can you give me the wisdom to figure this thing out? The big decisions of your life. Have you ever called the time out and said, hold on, let me pray about this before I jump into it. God, I need your help making this decision. Will you give me the wisdom? When it's something with your children, when it's something with your spouse, something with your job, a situation with your friend. Before you jump in with all of your emotions, time out. God, I need some wisdom. Talk to somebody else that has some experience. Hey, can you help me with this situation? You don't have to mention people's name. You don't have to throw anyone under the bus. What do you do when you have this kind of situation? Help me to figure that out. And listen and learn because it's going to help you to develop some wisdom. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives, watch this, generously. He says, I will give you wisdom generously. You want it? I'll just throw it at you, baby. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you want it? I'll give it to you. Cynthia's shaking her head. Don't do that. Watch the rest of the verse. E, put that verse back up on the screen. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Put it up on the screen, E, so they can see that verse again. I need you to see it and hear it so that you, you, you can retain it. If, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God, can you give me some wisdom? Hold on. Before I give you wisdom, let me tell you what's wrong with you. Oh, you need wisdom? Let's start rolling it out your way. Because if you get some wisdom, you're going to find your own faults and you can correct them. That's called maturity. Amen? God's trying to grow us up. Grow us into who he wants us to be. Are you grabbing this today? So you can ask. for. I don't know if I deserve it. I've been a bad person. God's like, please ask. Ask sooner rather than later. Ask for wisdom. 
Um, so I'm raising some teenagers in my house. And I love my boys. My little girl is nine years old. I got Judah, who's 14, and Elijah, who's 16. And uh, man, they know a lot of stuff. They are smart. I mean, they are great students, but they know a lot. You know what I'm saying? And I do think I know more than my 14-year-old Judah. I think I do. I think so. Judah's like, nah, you don't, man. (laughs) Listen, they're wearing me out with the dad joke stuff. I used to think all my jokes were cool, and now they're telling me none of them are. When you have little kids, watch this. When you have little kids, you're their hero, man. (laughs) Like, you know everything, man. They just think you're awesome. Um, Then they get to be teenagers, and they let you know you don't know anything. Yesterday, they were consulting me about my fashion. (laughs) It is awesome, man. They're trying to get me in these fancy tennis shoes and stuff that are like $180. I'm like, dude, I'm busy buying yours, you know. (laughs) Um, I remember when I got into college, um, you know, you start making big life decisions. And all those years that you thought your parents didn't know everything... Now, all of a sudden, you need to know what they know. And it switches back, and it turns into, Mom, Dad, I don't know what I'm doing here. What do you, what do you think I should do? And you're just waiting for that, that comeback of, oh, I knew you'd come to me at some point. And thankfully, my parents never told me that. But it's this realization that we don't have it all together by ourselves, that we need help. Like, think of this. If you're dating someone and you're trying to figure out, should you take the next step and propose or accept the proposal if it's given to you? I don't think that's a decision you need to make on your own. I remember before I proposed to Cynthia, I talked to my dad. Dad, what do you think? Like, am I crazy? Should I do this or not? Dad, well, son, if you love her and you see yourself spending the rest of your life for her, what you waiting for? Is that a green light? So I asked her to marry me. I wanted to make sure, though, that I wasn't getting into something that I couldn't handle at that point in my life. Seriously. All the decisions that I've come to in my life, I almost moved away from home and went to a Bible school in Dallas. And I remember sitting down, even Cynthia and I were dating at the time. I was talking to her. I talked to my parents about it. I talked to a couple of my mentors and just said, what are your thoughts about it? And they never gave me the exact answer. They always said stuff like this. You'll know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll know what to do. They even said things like this. You already know what you need to do. You just need to do it. It's like, no, I'm coming to you because I don't know. <laughs> like, no, nah, you know. And they were right. They knew me well enough that they could see my fear. And the fear wasn't not knowing what to do. The fear was, am I going to make a mistake by doing what I know I need to do? And I just needed someone to reinforce that I could do this. What are you asking for? Who are you running out? Who are you running with? Here's, here's something to think about. If your child were to come to you, like if, if Judah, my 14-year-old, were to come to me today and say, Dad, just pour out your wisdom to me. I would be like, all right, dude, let's sit down and talk. And we're going to talk for a while. Seriously. Because that's such a golden moment. Like, you don't have that all the time. And so I think of it from that perspective. If I go to God and say, God, I need your wisdom, 
I just feel like because he is a father, he's going to be like, I've been waiting for this. Let me tell you, sit down for a moment. And he would just begin to pour it out. And I believe when that verse says he gives it generously, that is the understanding that God is waiting and he is ready and he is willing to pour out all the wisdom that you need to make good godly decisions. Have you gone to him and asked for the wisdom that you need? Psalm 32, 8 says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Notice it didn't say, I will tell you exactly where to go, but it says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. That is so good. Knowing that God is with me through it all. He doesn't make the decision for me, but he helps me to gain the wisdom to make the good decisions. God will give you the wisdom. Who are you asking questions to in order to gain wisdom? When I was working for uh, Pastor Scott at the home church in Louisiana, and he, he told me this one day, I, I said, you know, I really want to become a better youth pastor. He said, go find somebody who does it better than you and spend time with them. Okay, we don't have a book for that. No, go find somebody who does it better than you and spend time with them. And watch this. The value of the relationship is what changed. It wasn't the information that I gained, but it was the influence of the relationship. Are you grabbing that today? And there are key people that God has for you in your life that's going to help you to make decisions that other people cannot help you with. That's why it's so important that we're in tune with the Holy Spirit. Watch this verse, Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Are you grabbing this? When you have other people that are helping you to make the decision, good godly people, you're going to make good decisions. But when we're trying to wing this on our own and trying to go to the wrong people, they will lead you astray. So it's important that we have the right people. Think of this. Think if you're, in, you're having a job situation and you're just thinking about throwing in the towel on Friday and quitting, walking away. In that moment, that might be a good thing for you. But come Monday, that might be the worst thing you've ever done in your life. And your friends may say, oh, I'd just tell them to take this job and shove it. And your wife is like, no. 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 The car payment is due. <laughs> Go to work. But these are the real life things that we're dealing with. Should we have another child? Think of this. What are we going to do with our finances? Should we get the boat or pay off the car? Like these, these are real life decisions that people are dealing with. With their career. Should I go back to college? Or should I just stay working? Should I find a different career path for my life? I'm struggling in school. Should I quit? Maybe it's just this semester. Maybe it's just a rough semester that you're going through. Doesn't mean you should quit. It may mean that you're just going to have to dig in a little bit and persevere a little bit more and make it through this semester before you just throw in the towel on the whole thing. Are, are, are you hearing this? We've been struggling in our marriage for over a year and it's just not getting any better. What have you done to bring improvement to it? Well, we tried counseling. How many times did you go? Twice. You didn't try counseling. You went twice. Chips and queso in the back. 
What I'm trying to say is this. We're not using wisdom in making our decisions because we're letting our feelings dictate our lives. Instead of just saying, sometimes we're going to have to persevere through some things and use some wisdom rather than just throwing in the towel and quitting everything. Amen? got to have some wisdom. And how is that going to happen? I've got to have some influential people in my life that are making good decisions, that are using good wisdom, and I want to learn from them. I want to center, I'm going to get my life around people like that. Notice what I said. It doesn't mean I roll out on my friends. It just means I put everything in its right place. I'll go to the ball game with you, man. Let's go. Let's go do the Seminole chop or whatever the chomp or let's go Tigers, you know, whatever. But listen, at the end of the day, I'm not talking to you about my future. Got other people I need to talk to about that with. You grabbing this today. So let's sum it up right here. What is your decision? This is what wisdom is asking you. What is your decision? What is the choice that you need to make? Let's put you in context. Just like Solomon, the Lord said, what do you want? What do you want? You can have whatever you want. What do you want? And most of the time, our wants are conditioned by our feelings. Some desires. And thank God we have an example in the Bible of a man named Solomon that said, give me wisdom. Give me some wisdom. Because we're at the point, and there's, I believe there's people in the room, you're at the point where you've got to make the choice. You've got to make the decision. You've got to make the call. And how do I know it's not me? How do I know it's not God? How do I know it's not the devil? Like all of these thoughts, I know. All of that stuff's right there. Because if I choose this, this can happen. If I choose that, that can happen. I don't know. What are we going to do if this happens? Like all of those are real questions. And can I tell you? The further that I've gone in life, the more those questions have popped up. Like, if I do this, this could happen. If we do that, that could happen. If we don't do this, then we don't have to worry about any of that. That is not true. So there is a decision that we have to make. So let me, let me give you something real quick that you should write down. This is so important. In the Bible, where there is no moral command, listen to this, where there is no moral command on it, God gives you the wisdom to choose. Hold on, hold on, hold on, not yet. I know, he's trying. If there is no moral, I, I, need, you to, I need you to hear this, because some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. You got your eye raised, and you're like, what did you just say? If there is no moral command on it, God's saying, I will give you the wisdom to make the decision. I have read over the Bible so many times, and it never said, go to Dallas. It didn't say, thus saith the Lord, go to Tallahassee. It just didn't happen. It wasn't in the Bible. And I looked extensively, and no matter where I read throughout the scriptures, it didn't say it clearly. It didn't tell me what school to go to. It did not tell me exactly what woman to marry. It didn't. And I wish it would have. Am I right? God, just tell me everything. Just lay it out. Send me a post-it note with it all on there, and I will hang it on the visor in the car, and we'll just follow it. And God's like, I will give you the wisdom to make the right choices. And I think this is what Paul, uh, Paul was alluding to when he was like, wherever I go, whatever I do, I hope so. If God permits, what he's really saying is, God's going to give me the wisdom to make the decision when the moment comes. Because the moment is going to come. And so if there's no moral command in the Bible, God's saying, let's get some wisdom on it and make the right choice. Because it's probably not going to be in there, go buy the brand new house. 
It's probably not going to be in there. But I believe if you go get some wisdom and talk to some people that have some good understanding, they will help you to make a really, really good decision. Seriously, they can help you. And this is what we've got to use as believers if we're going to have the right, go the right direction with our lives. Now we can show the video. Sorry, I had to elaborate on that. You did the right thing. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Oh, yeah, I guess so. And your son must talk. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get a squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Bring it back to Karate Kid. Cinco de Mayo style. What he said was so true. Right side of the road, safe. Left side of the road, safe. Middle of the road, squish like the grip. <laughs> and what's scary is all of us are trying to keep it in the middle of the road. Our walk with God, don't always choose to go all in. Just far enough. As long as God's close enough that if I need him, I can call out to him. But the rest of the time, I'll just kind of do my thing. All these life decisions, as long as everything's going good, I'm going to do my thing. Something happened. God, where are you at? God, where are you at? And I think God's just saying, where are you? When it comes to decisions, I think another struggle that we run into as a believer is, am I doing God's will or is this just mine? Just like I mentioned earlier, the perfect will, the permissive will. There's only one will, by the way. Don't fall into the trap of the perfect permissive will. There's one will, God's will. And God's will is, I want you to make some decisions that are wise. And one of the wisest decisions that you make in your life, in fact, the wisest, is to choose to follow Jesus. And not just to get saved so I don't have to worry about my eternity. But I choose to follow Jesus so that I live my life on this earth the way that God intended for me. Are you grabbing this? I want to live life to the fullest. And I want to experience everything that God has for me. And I ask you today, what has been your decision? Maybe it's been no decision at all and you're just coasting. And really, wherever the path of least resistance goes, that's where the life is taking you. Think about that with raising your children, just taking the path of least resistance. There's probably some conversations you needed to have a long time ago that you're going to have to go back and have. Path of least resistance with your marriage, trying to figure out how did we get to where we are. We took the path of least resistance trying to figure out our future. We've been taking the path of least resistance and now we find ourselves in a place that we didn't want to be in and we're trying to climb our way out of it. It's going to take some wisdom. It's going to take asking God. It's going to take some influential people that have some wisdom that have walked down the road that are going to speak into our lives. And today, I just pray that the Lord's using me to speak some things in your life so that you reach the point of saying, I know what we need to do. It's time to do it. 
It's time for us to commit. It's time for us to, to, to parent our children the right way. It's time for us to get our marriage on track. It's time for us to make the decision about the future. Am I going to go to college? Am I going to take this path? Which school am I going to go to? It's time to make the decision. Maybe you've been dating that lady for a long time, and you know it's beyond time. Are you going to ask her to marry you or not? It's time to make a decision. I'm not trying to rush you. What I'm saying is it's time to put some wisdom to work. It's time to put the wisdom to work and make the decision. The Lord might not speak exactly everything to you, but he will give you the wisdom to decide. And know this, that God is with you even if you don't get it right. Did you hear that? I wish I could tell you everything was perfect. I got it all right. No, but I can tell you God helped me get it right. And God used a lot of those same people that I should have went to for wisdom to help me to get it right. But he is with you through it all. Bow your heads, close your eyes this morning. Because if you're here today, maybe you're not all in when it comes to your relationship with God. Maybe it's a relationship of convenience. And today God's calling you to a relationship of commitment. It's time to decide once and for all. Choose this day who you will serve. If you're hearing you say, Pastor, I need to make a commitment completely to God. I've been on the fence. I've been kind of just trying to weigh out the options. But today, God's saying, make your choice. Make your decision. You say, I need to choose him today. I've been away from the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You never received his salvation. And today is the day of your salvation. If that's you, will you just lift a hand this morning and say, Pastor, will you pray with me? You're away from God. Today, God's saying, come home. Anyone else? There's a couple hands that have been raised this morning. Anyone else would say, Pastor, pray with me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. I love praying this prayer with you. I want you to say it out loud and mean it with your heart. Those who raise your hand, you're not the only one praying this today. Everyone here is going to join you. Say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me and generously giving me all that I need to live the life that you have created for me. Today I make the decision to give my life to you. I surrender all of me, all of my heart, all my mind, all of my life completely to you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for me, for paying for my sins so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be free. Thank you, Lord, for giving me your Holy Spirit to lead me down the path that you have laid out for my life. Help me to live this life and be the person you want me to be. I'm all yours, Lord, in Jesus' name.